glad that you guys are here uh, to worship with us. Um, I haven't been speaking the last two weeks, and so I just wanted to thank uh, John Rickert and Barry Rogers, who uh, filled in kind of over the Christmas uh, break. It was nice to... Last week I came and I checked in my kids to Kid Zone, and I realized, like, I didn't know how to check them in. And I was like, what do I do? And give me a pager. And it was actually great. I just came to church and enjoyed being here. And uh, it was nice to have a break, and it's great to to be back uh, speaking before you. Like Ben mentioned, we're uh, kicking off a series called What's Best uh, Today. And the idea is how to to use uh, really time in a way that's going to be beneficial for our life and how it's going to bless the people around us. And usually in January, uh, we kind of spend time thinking about such things. Uh, kind of what, what goals do we have? What do we want to accomplish uh, this year? Uh, I myself, I was working this morning and I was just thinking through, I'm in that kind of January funk of life. And usually it comes after Christmas and maybe you can relate, but you have this tremendous buildup for Christmas, all the plans and all the things you're going to do. And maybe you traveled or maybe you just stayed here, but it's just kind of, it's abnormal. It's not the normal flow of life. You know, you maybe eat a little bit more, you do a little bit more fun things. And then January hits and it's like New Year's. And you're like, well, it's still not normal. It's, it's New Year. And every time you see somebody, you say, Happy New Year, because that's what you do. And then you get to the point like around the 10th of January where you're like, do I still say Happy New Year? Or is it just like life is just normal again? And during this time, like you're kind of starting to think, OK, what's all the stuff I need to do and that I haven't been doing that I kind of have to get back to normal and kind of the reality of life's begin to hit. And that's kind of what I'm. What I'm experiencing is just like, okay, what, what do I need to do? Christmas is over. The decorations are down. What do I need to do? And so more than just this season of life, we're looking at kind of what's the big picture of time and how do we stack up good days after good day after good day to actually have a life that's, that's counted uh, for something. And a lot of times we kind of equate days with like it was a good day or a bad day, and we have different ways of measuring that. Uh, if our relationships are going well and we kind of get our tasks done, uh, it was a good day. If maybe there's a lots of conflict and we didn't get near what we thought we were going to at work or things are chaotic at home, it, it was a bad day. And that's kind of how we measure and equate life. So what we're going to do is kind of kind of pull back uh, the surface a little bit and look more. But how do you actually gauge good versus bad with our time and productive versus unproductive. And so uh, this is the beginning of a series that we're going to be speaking over the course of the next seven weeks. And so uh, you're here today. I hope you can join us for the rest of it. Today is going to kind of give like the the preface and then give you kind of a a sense of of where we're going to be, uh, where we're going to be headed. And so uh, life uh, is something that, that we evaluate. And if you're older, you may have experienced the term midlife crisis. Um, Surely not going to ask anyone to raise hands. That could be awkward. But in midlife crisis, usually you look back and you see kind of what you've lived so far in life. And you think like, man, I'm I'm halfway done. Like if I'm 40, maybe I live to 80 and I've got 40 years left. What's going to happen in the next 40? And you look back on the 40 you've had and maybe it's not quite what you thought you wanted to have. And you're not quite where you thought. And so you have these these times of of midlife. Uh, But in fact, you can have those crises way before 40. You can begin to have it way earlier than that. When you're in your 20s, you just try to figure out where you're heading. You kind of have this sense of, I just want to make sure I don't miss the important things. And just as kind of a way of of fun, 
I want to just show a clip that kind of shows the realities that we face in life and how sometimes we can be disillusioned. Uh, This is from the movie called City Slickers uh, with Billy Crystal. It's kind of a throwback to the 80s, uh, so the quality will reflect that. This is like VHS quality. It will make it feel more authentic. Let's watch it together. Value this time in your life, kids, because this is the time in your life when you still have your choices. And it goes by so fast. When you're a teenager, you think you can do anything, and you do. Your 20s are a blur. 30s, you raise your family, you make a little money, and you think to yourself, what happened to my 20s? 40s, you grow a little pot belly, you grow another chin. The music starts to get too loud. One of your old girlfriends from high school becomes a grandmother. 50s, you have a minor surgery. You'll call it a procedure, but it's a surgery. 60s, you'll have a major surgery. The music is still loud, but it doesn't matter because you can't hear it anyway. 70s, you and the wife retired to Fort Lauderdale. Start eating dinner at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You have lunch around 10, breakfast the night before. Spend most of your time wandering around malls looking for the ultimate soft yogurt, muttering, how come the kids don't call? How come the kids don't call? the 80s, you'll have a major stroke. You end up babbling to some Jamaican nurse who your wife can't stand, but who you call mama. Any questions? That was actually career day at his son's school. So he was there to present kind of here's a career. And he just he followed this dad, which had this like awesome job. And he like the kids are all excited. And he kind of began to look at his life. And he's like, my life is, is boring. And so he just thought, you know what? I'm just going to give some perspective to these kids. That will ruin them the rest of their lives. But this is, this is like a, a comical way of talking about this idea of, of time and life and what we give ourselves to. But the things he brings up are actually real realities. And that is, what if we kind of get to the point where we realize that life is not what it was cracked up to be? Where our vision and reality don't match, what do we do? And so no matter where you are, if you're kind of past the stage or you're just entering or if you're way before it, our kind of goal in the series is to look at the principles for how you can actually answer the question, what's best today? How, how do we figure that out? I want to shift gears. I want to look uh, into a psalm in the scriptures. It's Psalm 34. And uh, the psalms in scriptures are accounts mainly of the person of David, who was a king of Israel. And some of the psalms were written before he was king, some were after. And the psalms are these like accounts of life and experiences and circumstances. And he, he shows how do you take the things that you encounter in life and how do you factor God into them? Uh, the, the highs, the lows, apathy, things you care about, things you don't care about. Like, how, how does God fit? And so Psalms kind of are this account of how do you walk with God in the seasons of life? And the reason I want to bring this up is because what he discovers in this psalm and what he, he describes is really what life is all about, really the measure of a good life. Because you can't really decide what you do with your time and how to be more productive if you don't have the right picture of what the good life is. Because with your time, you're basically basing your time and your resources and your choices on where you want to go. And if you don't know where that is, then you can kind of just go aimlessly through life. And so in this psalm, he had just experienced like major life things. And this is like a broad summary that you find in the Old Testament. Uh, This David is the same David that beat the giant Goliath, if you ever heard that story. And he defeated him. And this gave him a lot 
of power and reputation. But with that power, uh, he became a threat to the current king, Saul. In fact, so much Saul wanted to pursue him and take his life from him because he was a threat to Saul's kingdom and his power and all that he'd worked towards. Uh, He was kind of hiding in and out of caves with a band of of men that were loyal to him. And uh, he had to kind of do some different circumstances and to try to kind of escape. And he went into the kingdom of the enemy, the Philistines, and all sorts of things were happening. And he was just realizing, like, I did this great thing in my life, way early in my life. I beat the giant. I was the man. I, I was given the power that God gave me, and I did something, and I accomplished something great that no man had ever really done before. But here he was looking back at what had transpired since then. Uh, he had no place to, to, to lay his head. He really had uh, no place to call home, and, and he was on the run. And so this psalm is this account of kind of all these experiences, the good choices he has made, the bad choices that he's made. And again, he's trying to kind of see God in this. And this, this is what he says. Okay, this is Psalm 34. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may say, see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. This is a summary statement of what the good life is. And he begins with this, this idea of come listen. What I'm about to tell you is something that can really help you. So open your ears and get ready to hear this, this truth. And then he asks the question, what man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may say, see good? So he asks the question, how many of you would love to have good days in your life versus bad days? So it's this rhetorical question. And I think all of us could agree. All of us would say, I would rather stack up tons of good days versus bad days. Would you agree with that? Right? Makes sense. We would rather have good days than bad days. So he's asking this question, but he already knew the answer. Yes, all of us want good days. And we want to stack them up. That means we want to have a good day and then we want to have another good day. And we want to have another good day and we want to have another good day. And then he he answers the question. Well, if that's true, if you want to have kind of over the course of your life, if you want to make progress and you want to have a good life, then this is what you need to do. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. It's very interesting. As he's talking about the purpose of life and the things that he had learned And again, the great highs and the great lows, he boils it down to this statement. Turn away from evil and do good. That's what he's saying is best. A life that is a full life is one where you've turned away from evil and you've done good. Many times in the scriptures, you get these statements which kind of boil down how life works. And these statements are so important to pay attention to because so many times we ask the question, what should I be doing with my life? What should I be doing with my time? How should I be treating people? How should I handle the circumstance? And you get these statements which boil it down. Well, you you turn from evil and you do good. Now, we could spend a whole other series talking just about that statement. What does it mean to turn away from evil? And what does it mean to do good? There's actually a lot to that. And we're going to talk about that kind of throughout the series, but there's a sense in which David is saying this is what allows you to experience good days. And this is allows you to experience the life 
that God wants you to have. So moving forward, this is kind of where we're launching from. This is the good life, to turn away from evil and to do good. And what you find is as you choose that that's what you want your life to be, then that means that you're actually going to be pursuing certain things and not pursuing certain things. Because to turn away from evil means you're not going to go certain paths that will lead to certain results. And to do good means that you are going to go on certain paths that lead to certain results because that's what doing good means. And so this is kind of the launching point for which we can measure what a good day is. Turn from evil and do good. Love God, love others, treat people in a way that pleases the Lord Jesus. That's how you live life in a way that, that pleases him. However, like, like anything, I don't know about you, but anytime you set out to do something, there's, there's always some things that, that could come against you. If you've made any New Year's resolutions, just a show of hands, who's like a New Year resolution type of person? Anybody? Wow. So the six of us, we're going to go in the hallway. The next 15 minutes is going to be really good for us. That's like a very low percentage. But oftentimes, New Year's resolutions like you make, you know, January 1st, unless like it's, it's the weekend, especially if it's like eating right. You ever notice that? Like I'm going to eat right January 1st, but if it's like a Friday, you're like the Monday, like this year, right? So what I did, I was like, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that doesn't count. Monday. And then if like a new series starts, you have Krispy Kremes. Monday, right? That's kind of how it happens. You have these goals and aspirations, and then over time, it's Monday. <laughs> I'll get to Monday. Which one? Like one of them. I'll get to one of them in the year. But to experience life, like David's describing it, these good days after good days after good days, we actually have to be aware of villains that come against us. So what I'm going to describe over the next few minutes is villains of progress and the progress here i'm talking about productivity making the right progress in life the the idea that where you are now versus where you are a year from now will be different not just different but you'll be further down the road there's growth that you've experienced personally there's growth that you've experienced in your relationship there's growth that you've experienced in your responsibilities there's a sense in which you are not in the same place and i think that's what we all hope for that of good days is not just the feeling of good, but production. We've accomplished something. But we have to really be real with what are the things that come against us accomplishing good days and the good life. And I want to describe these briefly. Uh, as I go through these, I want you to kind of think through what is the villain that most resonates with you? Okay. Now, villain, we're kind of familiar with that, movies, okay? I have some, like, heroes. Uh, if you, you have a hero up here, right, on the screen. Who's the villain? Lex Luthor. Where's he? Uh-oh. Okay? Who's next? Who's the, the, the villain? Yeah, like, he had a number of them. <laughs> Put the one we had. Green Goblin. <laughs> Who's the next? That's Thor. Loki. Okay, good. Oh, Loki's got the nice hat on right there. And then who, who's last? Iron Man. So this one I didn't know. Anyone know the villain? Who? Himself. Ooh. 
getting deep himself. <laughs> going to mirror image that. I don't even know who that is. Mandarin. But like the upcoming movie, Civil War. So we're going to find out who his villain is. Okay, But each hero has a villain in a story that's interesting. If a hero just does whatever he wants and there's no opposition, it doesn't make for a great story. Can you like switch that? Because that's going to like really distract me. I keep looking and I feel like lasers are coming. Um, but so there, there's these villains and I, I want to go through those. Because in a movie, villains make for a good story. But in life, when we're talking about productivity, villains actually derail us. And so we want to talk about that so we can identify what they are. The first villain of progress, ambiguity. We just live in an ambiguous, ambiguous type life. <laughs> or maybe you don't even know how to use that word in a sentence. But ambiguity is not deciding what's important to do right now. I experience this on a regular basis. There's certain things I want to accomplish. And I kind of have a sense of what I want to do. But I don't really know how to go about it. You ever experienced that? Like, you know, the goal, but you don't know the steps. Or sometimes you're in the middle of the steps, but you don't really know the goal. Ambiguity is this idea of, okay, you want to do good, but you don't necessarily know what good is in this situation. And you kind of want to turn away from evil, but there's certain things you really want. And you're just not sure where the line is from doing right before God, but also getting what I want. That's ambiguity. We're kind of we're kind of torn. We have mixed motives. This really stunts our progress for the Christ follower. One of our main goals to do good and to turn away from evil. It means that we have to be spending time with God himself. Through reading the scriptures, through prayer, we have to spend time building relationships in the community that strengthens us. We have to spend time reaching out to people so they too can turn to the Lord Jesus and give their life to him. That's a priority for a Christ follower. But if you're not exactly sure how that fits into your schedule, how it fits into kind of what you choose to do, then you don't make progress towards that. If you don't have the idea, if you have the ideas, but you don't really have the steps, it's just a swirl of, of it's just nebulous. We don't make progress. If building relationships is a goal, which I think for all of us, we want to have good relationships. We want to have close family relationships. We want to have close friendships. We want to have good working relationships at work. In ministry, we want to partner with people and we, we be in a team together here at church. But if you're kind of torn between what you want seen done and then what someone else seems done, wants done in a situation, it can be amb- ambiguous. What, what do I do? Who, who decides what should be done? And I have needs and they have needs. And who gives? So in those tension points, a lot of times we, we know where we want to go, but we just get stuck. This is a, this is a real villain. Uh, there's another villain of progress. You can put that up there. Overload. Feeling overwhelmed so we can't see what's most important. Do you ever feel overloaded with things? I know I do. You have a stack of things that you need to get done. And then you begin to think through, this is just one area of my life. Maybe it's 
there's things that I need to do at home just to get kind of my life on track. And then you go to work and then you see all the things that you need to get done at work to get work on track. And then you think, well, what about time with others and where's that going to fit? And then what about time, you know, to do other things that I want to do for entertainment or fun? And, and we live in a day and age now where like there's no shortage of information. I was doing some research over the last week on like the Internet. And when the Internet first came out, uh, the access of articles was like one billion, let's say. And each, like every three months, the information on the Internet, like it, it doubles, it doubles, it doubles and doubles. There's like no shortage of an access of information, which you think is actually really helpful. And it is. We live in the information age where there's no shortage of access to, to this information and we know where to find it. But it also means we're inundated. It's very hard to actually get away from more news and more articles and more feeds, and more updates, and we're always just... And you think about like what you have to get done, and you think about all this information, and it becomes overwhelming. So this villain, this, this idea, you, just, you don't know what's important because you, you have so much on your plate. This is a real villain of progress. There's another one, which is lack of fulfillment. Living a faithful life can seem boring. If you decide to follow Christ, one of like the, the, the major things God teaches you throughout life is to be faithful with what he's given you. So with what job you have, God wants you to be faithful with that, which means the responsibilities you've been given, he wants you to handle in a way that's going to please your boss. And if you're a husband or a wife or a dad or a mom, he's given you responsibilities in that role. Uh, whatever role you are in family, there's just all responsibilities that you have. Key to the Christian life is handling those responsibilities day after day and being faithful to them. But you know, faithfulness is actually really not flashy. When I say flashy, I mean a lot of times it's not fun. It can be mundane. Waking up and doing the chores is not appealing a lot of times. Going to work and handling the project that you put off it's not appealing. Uh, over Christmas, our family drove up to uh, Washington State. And it was a beautiful drive. But you hit this point in the Central Valley of California where you see fields. And in these fields, you see like these, these farmers that are working and they're planting seeds. And there, there's a picture here I want to show you. You see, that, you see that field and you think to yourself, this is of the Central Valley. And you're like, that, you know, that, man, that's beautiful green. And I'm sure that's going to wield a crop that's going to be helpful. But very rarely as you pass that, as just kind of a bystander, you think about what that field took to get there, right? You're not really knowing where the, the planting of the seeds happened and the, the weeding of the land and the watering, the irrigation, the pulling. And, and also, you just, you don't have any idea, but you you, you appreciate it when you see it, and then you appreciate it when you go to the store and you get certain crops. You just do. But this is what life is like. It's like farming. You're always planting seeds as you handle your responsibilities. But in the midst of it, we want, like, the crop. We want the fruit. But sometimes 
you just don't see it. You're planting the seed and you're weeding the land and you're watering it. And you don't know where the fruit's going to come. You don't know if it's going to come. You don't know when it's going to come. You don't know what it's going to look like. So as you're at your job and as you're a student and as you're in ministry and as you're in your family, you're, you're always thinking about all these things that you're doing. You ask the question, is it worth it? I don't know if you've ever asked that. That is a real question. And it's linked to this villain. If you've ever asked that question, is it worth it? You're experiencing that feeling of, is what I'm doing, does it make a difference? And that's okay to ask. But more than the question, it really is important what you do and how you answer it. But a lot of times when we ask that, it's linked to this lack of fulfillment. We're not really doing what we want to do. We're not having as much fun as we hope we would. Life doesn't feel as good as you wanted it to feel. And so this can really, really stunt our growth. And the last villain is the fear of missing out. Fearing we will waste our life and miss out on all the fun. See, lack of fulfillment is, is it worth it? Is all that I'm plugging away? The work, the job that I'm in, is it, is it worth it? The relationships I'm trying to build, so I'm trying to raise my kids, is it worth it? So I'm in this relationship and I'm, as I'm trying to get time with these people, is, is it worth it? The fear of missing out, you begin to look, okay, well, if I'm faithful in my responsibilities and I'm planting seeds, Will I ever have fun ever again? Right? Will I ever, will it ever be like enjoyable? I don't know if you've ever asked that. That's a real question. And this fear of missing out is really the sense of you look around you and you see people that are successful. And especially if you're a Christian, you are always having to really measure God's view of success versus the world's view of success. Because if you decide that you want to be like the world says is successful, you will be on a very different path than if you decide, I want to do what God says is successful. The good news is you actually can still be blessed by God. But this fear of missing out, this idea of, is it worth it? Will I ever have fun again? These are some real villains, all of these. And so over the course of this series, what we want to do is we want to help you identify what are the things as you kind of plan your life and you think about what's important. What are the priorities? What are the decisions that I need to make? We want to help you do that and at the same time deal with these these issues that can derail you. Because if you only kind of deal big picture, but don't get to the specific things that kind of draw you away from God's best, it's really hard to make progress. And so I just want you, just as, as I've been talking about that, put a star on your handout if you're taking notes. Put a star on your handout. What's the villain that you see most resonate with you right now? Like this is the one that you, you seem to be dealing with. Go ahead, go ahead and mark that. I want to give kind of a broad stroke of where do we go from here? So if we do want good days versus bad days and we do want a productive life versus unproductive life, 
And we've kind of asked some of these questions related to the villains of meaning, purpose, of fun, faithfulness, all, all that. I just want to give kind of what the scriptures say is this is how you move forward. Okay. And so we, we defeat, defeat these villains by orienting our lives around God and his will. This is what Christianity is all about. When people talk about following Christ, it's linked to this idea that following Christ means God defines what's important. God's priorities need to become our priorities. And the way to stack up good days means I need to know what his will is. I need to know him who gives me his will. And then over time, I need to begin adopting the things that he says is important. That's what the Christian life is all about. Orienting my life around God and his will. But to do that means you will make choices every day in that direction or not. Just like we all, just like we all do. Uh, there's a scripture in Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to kind of start in Psalm 34, which is in the Old Testament. This is in the New Testament. And this talks about the way we live. This is a great statement as well. It says, look carefully then how you walk. So this idea of walk is, is life. It's not just like... Do you follow Christ? Yeah, I just I make sure that my my feet are always in a good angle. God wants us to walk well, right? It's you guys knew that, but it's really speaking about this idea of, of life, how you live. So be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Okay, let me let me just stop there. Have you ever seen somebody live and you have told yourself that's a mistake. Right? So easy to do with others. That's a mistake. What are they thinking? Hmm. I wouldn't do that. You ever kind of said that? We, we say it all the time. You see somebody, and it could be like somebody we know. It could be somebody we love. It could be somebody we see in the media. There's a sense of like, wow, that's crazy. We have a sense of how we define wise versus unwise. We all do. The key is not whether we can do that or not. The key is, do we actually know what is wise versus unwise? It's actually not an opinion. It's actually not a preference. The scriptures were written and God himself has a relationship with us. So over time, we actually know what that is. And that's the hope. So as we live life, as we walk. We should be always growing to knowing what is wise from unwise. Then it says making the best use of the time because the days are evil. There's a description there of the days, which are evil, which kind of refer to the time in which we live. There's no kind of shortage of things that can take us off track. And then you mirror that to what David said, turn away from evil. So you get the sense that we live in an evil age. Oftentimes, though. It's really also referring to just the brevity of life. The fact that it is so easy to waste time. And if it's easy to waste time, it's easy to waste seasons. And if it's easy to waste seasons, it's easy to waste life. The days are evil. They're here and then they're gone. 
So you have to live as wise, not as unwise. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So the purpose of life, the good life, to stack up many good days, turn away from evil, and do good. The connection to this is walk wisely, not unwisely. And to do that means you have to understand what the will of the Lord is. Let me ask you a question. How do you know what the will of the Lord is? What you find in scriptures again and again is it's revealed by God. And you find it in the scriptures and you know the will of the Lord because you know the Lord. That's the only way. You only know God's will and what it means to live wisely as you get to know God. So everything we're going to be talking about in this series is stemmed to this idea. You have to orient yourself toward God and the things that he values. And then from that, the good life flows. And so I want to encourage you that. No matter where you are, you can choose today where you orient kind of what's wise and what's not wise. For some, it's we look to our friends, we look to our family. To others, we may look to the media, what's important to the culture in which we live. I want to encourage you to consider, what about looking towards God? Who created us, who actually knows what's best because he made us. And so as you're dealing with the villains of progress and you're dealing with kind of maybe your your own whirlwind of responsibilities, right now you can decide to begin to try to figure out what God wants. And it begins with just beginning a relationship with him or getting questions answered that you may have. And that's what we want to help you as, as a church. And so you could talk to a friend about that. You can let us know on the connection card. We want to help you learn how to orient your life around God and his will. Uh, As I close, I just want to kind of talk really briefly about where we're going to be headed over the next uh, few weeks. This is a summary of the series, and I I hope you can come back. So today we talked about the villains of progress. Uh, Next week we're going to talk about what God, that should be what God wants done. What God wants done. (laughs) Come back. Um, What he wants done, uh, which is like, okay, well, what, what's the purpose of life? Like, okay, turn away from evil, do good. But what does that mean? So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Week three, the best. What is it? Week four, uh, freedom to produce. Week five, peace in chaos. Week six, character required. And then week seven, First things. So in that, obviously, those are like three word titles. You don't really know all what that's about, but it's going to deal a lot with priorities. It's going to deal a lot with relationships in the midst of trying to be productive. We're going to be talking about efficiency versus being effective. Uh, We also want to just give practical handles like how do you actually plan life and live life in a way that honors God? And so our hope is not just to give big ideas, but to give specific things that can help you 
be a more productive person in view of God's will. So I want to invite you back for that. Uh, there's some next steps on the connection card. Uh, that connection card is what Ben uh, had you fill out. Uh, as I invite the band back up, you can finish filling out that connection card and drop that in the offering as that comes by. Uh, on the back side of the card are some next steps that you can take, uh, which is kind of what I've already asked you to do, which is you might want to identify the villain that you need to overcome and ask God for help and then attend uh, the rest of the series. So as you finish filling out that card and writing a next step, uh, you can also on those lines, if there's anything that you'd like us to pray for you, uh, the staff of Church in the Valley, we pray every week for those that put the prayer requests on those connection cards. And so if you just have something that, that you'd like prayer for, uh, please write that down, and we would love uh, to pray for you. So I'm going to pray right now, and then we're going to sing back to God as we receive the offering. Let's pray. Father, thank you for always knowing um, what we need and how we need to overcome the things that derail us from progress and God, I pray that there's many things that we can orient ourselves around. Help us to orient ourselves around you. And with all the things that we can do with our time, God, help us to consider how this year a relationship with you uh, can change everything. So, God, give us a desire that we, we have not had to know you and grow our desire. In the name of Lord Jesus, amen. You're the God of this city, you're the King of these people, you're the Lord of this nation, you are. You're the light in this darkness, you're the hope to the hopeless, you're the peace to the restless, you are. There. Is no one like our God. There is no one like our God. For greater things have yet to come, greater things still to be done in this city. Greater things have yet to come, greater things still to be done in this city.